All right. Everybody have a Merry Christmas? Yeah, excellent. You know, this morning we're, uh, we're doing something a little bit different uh, on the, the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's is notoriously a smaller crowd uh, due to traveling and different things like that. But you know what? There are certain Sundays on the calendar that you know there'll be quite a few different people away. But um, those are some of my favorite Sundays uh, to preach because it has a family feel. We look around and we see people that uh, we've known for many, many years, uh, many people that have come back, college students and different people like that, uh, family visiting from other places. And it's just a wonderful feeling to see all you guys here today. Uh, Many people have work off that wouldn't normally have work off and are able to come. But just as we have our service this morning, we're going to do some things a little bit differently today than we would normally do. Uh, We did worship a little bit differently, just a little quieter and We've been talking about, uh, in our series this month, about being too busy for Jesus. And I really wanted us to just take some time to not be too busy for Jesus. To just be quiet and to really just sense that God is close to us. We want to look at God's word today and uh, allow it to speak to our hearts this morning. So if you guys would just bow your heads and close your eyes at this time, we're just going to ask God to just come and, and be invited to this place and speak to our hearts. God, we know, Lord Jesus, through your word, we see that there were different times when you were very loud and very boisterous and you spoke very strongly to your people. There were also times when you were very quiet, uh, when a still small voice would pierce the heart of an individual. God, this morning we just sense that you want to speak something and uh, you want to do it just in in a special way. So God, I pray that our hearts would be prepared, that we would be ready to hear what you would have for us that we would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit today, and that we would respond in the way that you would have us respond. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Too busy for Jesus. Why does it seem like it's very difficult for us to prioritize things? You know, uh, we never prioritize our health until the doctor tells us that we need to start walking and jogging because our heart is not working correctly. We never prioritize, you know, some people don't prioritize a marriage until they get the threat that the person says, I can't take it anymore, I'm going to leave, you don't love me anymore. Then all of a sudden we scurry to prioritize this person in our life. We never prioritize people sometimes that are close to us until they are about to leave. Maybe children or a friendship that we've had and they move away. We never really prioritize that. Uh, until we realize that that is coming to an end. You know, many people don't prioritize spiritual things until they're very close to spending eternity somewhere. Uh, They take the last few moments, and Craig Rochelle has a wonderful book entitled Cazone, and in it he writes the opening statement in the book is that many people die very slowly. Most of the time where people sit in a bed waiting maybe for days, sometimes even for weeks, for the inevitable to happen. During that time period when we sit on our bed, we look at our lives and see, what have we actually accomplished? What are the things that we have done that are really worthwhile and valuable? You know, it's about priorities. And sometimes we think that life is very long. But Scripture tells us something very different. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 39, The book of Psalms, chapter 39. 
And I'm just going to read three verses today. But in Psalm 39, reading verses 5, 6, and 7, it says this. Verse 5. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. David writes this, obviously talking to God, saying, listen, the lifespan that we have is just like a linear distance between the palm of our hand. If you could imagine with me this morning that that wall is, is one side and this wall is another in history. Maybe that wall is um, Jesus' birth that we celebrated here during this season. And this wall is present day. And the Bible says that uh, basically our lives in the spectrum of time or history would probably be about the width of my hand. That would probably make sense if we look at about 2,000 years. And an average person, even if you last a long time, between 80 and 100 years, um, you would be simply the width of of your hand in uh, a linear perspective today. You know, it doesn't seem like our, many times we look at our lives and think, oh, we have all of this extra time that we can spend. But isn't it interesting that the older you get, it seems like life tends to speed up. The days begin to disappear and you sit there and go, man, where did all of this time happen? And then you have your high school reunion and you go to it and you go, I graduated with a bunch of old people. You know, you don't really understand, but time just somehow passes and you look around at everyone around you. You go, man, I just can't believe that how fast it's going. It's been 20 years since I've seen so-and-so. It's been 25 years. And we think, how does that time span go so quickly? Scripture tells us how it happens. Our entire lifetime is like a moment to you, God. It's like the breathing of a breath. It's that short. It's that just simple. You're born, you die. At the cemetery, you have a uh, you you have the cemetery stone that has the little dash in between that basically says all of the things that you accomplished in your lifetime. It's the date of your birth and the date that you breathed your last breath, and the dash signifies what we do on a daily basis. It's but a breath the Bible says. In comparison to eternity, our lives are but a moment. Just a, that's what they are. That's what the Bible says. And David says this here in Psalm chapter 39. How many people here in this room are cutthroat monopoly players? Raise your hand. If you know that, yeah, see, it wasn't even a hesitation. People just Cutthroat card players, whatever, you know, you are just merciless, okay? I've seen you play. I'm not like that. I'm not like, I used to have been like that. I gave my life to Jesus, and I'm different now. And, um, so, <laughs> can you imagine with me that you're with your family over Christmas, and you decide that you're going to play Monopoly, and um, everybody is sitting around the table, and you've got all of the family members. Grandma's there, and when Grandma runs out of money, you're such a cutthroat that you just shake your head and go, sorry, you're out of the game, you know, type thing. And, and she is like, uh... And you're playing this game, and you finally get to the end. You've got Boardwalk and Park Place. You've got hotels on both of them, and 
Um, all of a sudden, the last person that has any form of money, everybody's mortgaged to the hilt. This person draws the card off of chance that says advance to boardwalk, and you just smile. It's all over. The game is done, and I am the Monopoly champion. You get to the close, the person pays up, they go, oh, I guess I'm done, and you go, I won! And everyone said, you what? What are you talking about? You didn't win. You're like, well, I played by all the rules, and I collected enough money, and I I got all the things, and that's the way you win at Monopoly. And they go, we we weren't playing Monopoly. We were playing who could eat the most pretzels in the time frame of Monopoly. And I didn't see you eat a single one. You were so busy with the game that you didn't even eat one pretzel. I saw Grandma eat six pretzels, and she beat you, and she was out half an hour ago. I think sometimes that's what happens in life. A lot of us play the game of life to win. We're cutthroat. We try and collect a lot of stuff. And the reality of it is, is the name of the game is how many pretzels you can eat. And sometimes we're just caught up in thinking that we have all this stuff and all of these things. In fact, the next scripture talks about that. In verse 6 it says, We are merely moving shadows. And all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. It's like you get to the end of the game and you're done. People spend their whole lives accumulating as much as they possibly can to bring comfort to themselves, to bring peace, all of these different things. You know, the funny thing is, is David understands that you can accumulate wealth, you can have all the things that this lifetime could offer. He was a king. He lived like a king. And yet he writes these words and he shares with us that the reality of the matter is it's really not about how much you can accumulate in this life. This life is but a vapor. And in the time frame that you have to live on this earth, when you have breath, it's that you have an importance that you have placed or priority that you have placed on a relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus tells us about this in, uh, in Luke chapter 12. And uh, I don't have it on the screen this morning, but I just want to read it to you. Jesus tells a parable about this. He says, Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, What should I do? I don't have room for all of my crops. Then he says, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all of my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you'll die this very night. Then who will get everything that you worked for? Verse 21 is important. It says this, Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Isn't that a powerful statement? Jesus says, someone, we're absolutely a fool if we store up all of this worldly wealth, but the reality is we don't have a rich relationship with God. Because... Our lives are but a vapor, and we talk about busyness, and we were talking about busyness all this month. Our busyness can really be meaningless. 
All of the things that we focus on and all of the things that, that vie for our attention and all of the time that we spend in this life, if we're really not focused on the main thing, having a rich relationship with God, it's really all for naught. Everything that we do. We can be really active and not really accomplish things that are very important. We can try and get money collected, but who ends up spending it in the end? Everything we have, when we're so caught up with all of the stuff of this life, a lot of it really is very meaningless. That's what David says here. We're merely shadows, our lifetimes, and all of our busy rushing ends in nothing. All of the busyness, it ends in nothing. So what is there hope in? I mean, that's what the world prioritizes and everyone around us says that you got to have the right job and you got to have this and you got to have that and it's really about status symbols and and priorities and all of these kind of things but david says it's really not about that we have a short time period on this life to have a rich relationship with god then we get to spend eternity with him the bible says so verse seven says this and this is the last verse this morning In verse 7 it says, And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? Maybe that's a good question that I can ask each of you. Where do you put your hope today? Is your hope in a bunch of things? Is your hope in in a padded bank account? Is your hope in a solid job? Is your hope in your family? Is your hope in... What is your hope in? What do you place the most trust the most hope in in this lifetime? Is your hope in your health? Because I hate to break it to you that we all get old and we all break down and we all have troubles with our left knee as we step up those stairs to come up here because we played basketball with the kids yesterday. It just happens. What's your hope in today? David says it beautifully. He says, so Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. See how he says that? Not just part of my hope or some of my hope or... He says, my only hope in this lifetime is found in you, God. A rich relationship with God. You see, guys, today's scripture tells us to reaffirm our trust and our hope in God. I don't know... Like Pastor Dustin mentioned, he says, did you have a great 2015 or did you have a rough 2015? You know, regardless of, what, um, regardless of what your last year looked like, the reality of it is, is maybe the question that we should be answering in our mind is, where was your hope in 2015? And here's the thing. I was at Dave Bush's, or Bill Bush's funeral. Uh, we talked about this a little while ago. He was the founding pastor of our, uh, of our church here at WCAG. And um, Superintendent Freetag was doing his funeral, and he said about him, he said, you know what? Um, Superintendent Freetag made this statement. He said, when people are running a race, no one remembers the start. They always remember the finish. And you know what, in our lives, I think a lot of times we get really caught up in the start. As long as we start well, as long as we run well in the middle. But the reality of it is, is when 
all the chips are down and you're breathing your last breath on this life, even as the scripture says, our life is but a vapor. It's just a, a glimpse. It's just a snap of the fingers and it's done. When you finish, the question is, what have you placed your hope in? How are you gonna finish? Much like 2015, did you place your hope in, in, in Christ, in God over 2015? Did you place your hope in him looking forward to the future? This morning, we're gonna close our service in a different way, and I've come up way short of the runway, so we've got plenty of time. If we could have our worship team come back up. I have the worship team prepare a special song for us today. We're gonna listen to them uh, sing this song, but it speaks about the busyness of our life and how we need to stop focusing our, our time, our energy on prioritizing all of the things that really don't matter, but that we could just take time to really focus in on Jesus. And as we look to this next year, 2016, we're getting off to another start, and I love that we can draw a line and separate these things a little bit, but that we can put the past behind us and really push forward and reprioritize our lives. And I'm going to come back and we're going to close the service in a special way this morning. But I just want you to be quiet this morning and and listen to uh, the words of this song that our worship team is going to play today. This morning, this is how we're going to tie up our service today. What we'd like to do today is um, I prepared our staff to come and they're going to they're going to come at different four different positions here at the front of the, the sanctuary. Our worship team is going to continue to play. And those guys, you can actually go to your places at this time. What, what I've asked them to do is, I'd like to just begin to pray for this next year of 2016. And uh, pray for us as a congregation. And I'd like you guys to come up to, um, to our prayer uh, people um, in families. And we want to pronounce a blessing over you for 2016. And if you're here as a family or whoever you would like to come with, that's totally fine. We just like to pray over your life. And there are different things that we want to look at in, in 2016. Um, we want to pray for you in the area of priorities that we've talked about for the last few weeks and time management when it comes to our relationship with God. We want a rich, rich relationship with God. And we want to... Uh, to pray for closeness with God, that you would sense God to be close to you and, and that the Holy Spirit would be near, that you would take time to listen and to grow in the things of the Holy Spirit, and that you would have overwhelming blessing and hope in the year of 2016. So what we're gonna do this morning is we're just gonna ask you to begin, uh, you know, you can stay in your seat and they're gonna continue to worship and you can spend some time just being quiet before the Lord. Um, But if you'd like to start filtering up one family at a time and doing that, and then after we pray for you, this morning you're dismissed. You can just uh, slide out the back door. Uh, Guys, if we can just have the the doors closed back there so that people can feel like they can fellowship in the cafe area and you can pick up your kids. We've told Pastor Elisa uh, to be prepped for this. But if we can just pray, uh, this is how, if you're uncomfortable with this, maybe this is the first time here at WCAG and that you're a little uncomfortable with this, uh, you can just go ahead and, and be dismissed whenever you'd like to do that. But this is what we'd like to do today. We want to pray over our church. You guys are such a blessing to us, and we want to bless you uh, for the next year. So we're going to do that. So you can go ahead and begin to slip out of your seat.
uh, family at a time, and however you'd like to do that. The worries of my day To quiet down my busy mind
Nothing but